Hey guys, recently Paul and I have been talking a lot about family business on From the Trenches. I recently sat down with Sarah Pantaleo, who's on the board of the Family Council of Australia, for my new show, Backbone. Sarah is also the CEO of La Porchetta, and she talks with passion about family values and good governance have led to the success of one of Australia's most loved family restaurants. Head to www.backbonepodcast.com.au if you like this sample and sign up on Spotify, Google Podcast, and iTunes. Because in a restaurant, if the weather changes, yeah. it will impact your yeah. customers. Um, anything can impact your customers, so there are no guarantees. This is a resilient kind of business that you need to be on your toes and you need to adapt as you go along. That was Sarah Pantaleo, the CEO of one of Australia's most loved family restaurants, La Pochetta, and she has a backbone. G'day everyone, I'm David Boyer, the Founder and Managing Director of SQL CFO. Backbone is brought to you by Judo Bank. It has arrived, a business bank dedicated to Aussie businesses. In this episode, Sarah will talk to us about family business, franchising, the philanthropic efforts, and why business is so important to Australia and the Aussie economy. I hope you enjoy the show. To stay up to date with the biggest and latest stories of Aussie business owners with Backbone, head to www.backbonepodcast.com.au and sign up for our newsletter. Let's get on with the show. I'm here with Sarah Pantaleo, the CEO of La Porchetta, but much more than that, you're the Vic State Chapter of the Family Business Association. You're the National Board on the Franchise Council of Australia, a body that's very busy at the moment with all sorts of inquiries and questions being asked about the sector. But you're also the chairperson of the Moira Kelly Creating Hope Foundation. We're going to talk to you about a range of topics, family business, franchising, philanthropy. And we're here in the La Porchetta offices in Thomastown, Melbourne. I don't get over this tide of town very often, but I'm heading straight to the airport afterwards, so it's quite convenient. Thank you for coming on the show. No worries, David. Glad to be here. Um, La Pochetta actually as a brand has a very, in Melbourne in particular, a lot of people like it. It's one of the few, I guess, Carlton eateries that expanded out of Little Italy, so to speak, and has stores everywhere. It's a great, um, I guess it's a great business story overall. And you're very active in the business community sharing um, the story, I guess. So from a family business point of view, I've heard you talk about La Pochetta as a community. What is the La Pochetta community? Because I'm sure it's more than just a couple of families. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned Melbourne and uh, I was just at an event recently and um, met someone who went to Melbourne Uni and uh, many students from Melbourne Uni know La Pochetta very, very well in Carlton. Um, but La Pochetta started out with two migrants, um, two Italian migrants, you know, with a vision, a passion, um, and really they became a lot bigger than that. So our community, what I call our community, is pretty much our, our restaurant owners, our franchisees, our customers. You know, we've got generational customers. You know, when we did our 30-year anniversary, we asked them, what do you love about La Pochetta? And some of the things are amazing. And we had grandfather, grandmothers, and we had four to five generations come into La Pochetta. So where I see the La Pochetta community is the people. Is that something that's important because it makes you feel good? Is it something that you monetize? What's 
what, what's the real benefit of it to the La Pocetta business? Well, you know, some of it is intangible. Some of it I don't believe you can measure, but it's the feeling, it's the experience. Um, and, you know, we're across Australia and we've got sites in New Zealand as well. And even over there, people, it's a feeling. It's a sense of what they feel when they experience the brand um, and they feel part of it. They don't feel disconnected from it. We read, particularly in my industry, in the accounting industry, that technology is going to make us all redundant. I know that you've invested in technology in La Poqueta over the years. I've heard you talk publicly. We've spoken privately about it in some groups you and I are involved with. Um, is technology, how important is it? And would you choose brilliant technology or br a brilliant person in your business? Technology. Love technology. My early career is in IT, in my mainframe systems love technology i will never put technology in front of people that's never going to happen great technology helps us be efficient but people first i'm a people person and if you've got the right people driving the technology then you've got the solution but never put technology before people and is that known within your business? Because the press is sometimes pretty negative. You know, everyone's going to lose their job to machine learning and AI. No, I just think that um, the media is only interested in sensationalism. But what will happen is the amount of spending in the world, the amount of jobs in the world is going to be the same. But it's going to shift. So it's all about education and ensuring that people are educated to use the technology. But at the end of the day, without people, you've got nothing. Um, family business in Australia is is massive. I actually don't have the stats of how big it is. You probably do because you live and breathe this sort of stuff. They have a lot of challenges and we, we've got an ageing population. You have generational wealth changes in Australia, which has an impact on philanthropy, but it also has an impact on who leads family businesses. Um, I'm curious to know, is there a massive opportunity for family business in Australia? Absolutely. Uh, I can't quote all the stats, but I think, you know, they're talking about that 70% of small business is family business. So that, when you know that the majority of small businesses hire the most employees Australia-wide, that's relevant. Um, you know, the biggest opportunity for family business is to have really good governance because traditionally, you know, with the family, you get a lot of passion going with it. But generally, when you're starting out, oh, you're in the, you're in charge just because you're the family. Um, I don't think that'll cut it. The opportunity is about having really good governance and and really understanding. Okay, what do we need to do to nurture the family? But what does the business need to be driven? And so it's about having that balance. If you've got that balance, um, statistically, so family business can be very very successful because they create more culture. So the opportunities, and, and, you know, when people talk about family business, they think just small business. Some of the family businesses in Australia are huge, turning over millions of dollars per year and, you know, great family businesses just inducted in the Hall of Fame in Victoria, Love a Duck, Dyson's, Buses, they're huge family businesses. Um, and they've got amazing governance. So I think are the opportunities that you can keep the business in the family generationally, keep it in Australia, and, yeah, it's immense. There are 
no boundaries. What is amazing governance? It, it's a word. I think a lot of people don't really know what it is. Okay. So when I'm talking about family business governance, for those in the industry will understand that I'm talking about nurturing the family and perhaps having a family constitution that in there you will cover things, you know, because you're going to have some family members not working in the business and it's about that constitution covering what's important to the family because you want this to stay. We're really the caretakers for the generations, right? But then the business planning and business governance is about how do we introduce the family to the business and that they may only get roles that they're able to do in the business as well as do they need to go out and get experience in other businesses before they come and work for the family business. So there's all sorts of ways. There is not one formula, but it's about respecting the two. It's very interesting that you think that, and, and we've got a lot of family businesses that I've worked with over the years, but all I can think of is uh, how the Trump family just seems to keep getting jobs in the, in, the, in the White House administration. That seems to be their family business at the moment. Overall, I, I touched on before that we've got generational change in Australia. It's part of the ageing population. Baby boomers are retiring and, and stepping away from operational roles in the business. Is succession done well? Um, uh, the latest KPMG survey in family business um, showed that only 26% of family businesses in Australia, of, of those surveyed, had a documented plan for succession and that covered not only succession in leadership but succession in equity. 26% um, had zero plans and 47% had a working plan. So not a completed plan. So that will show you that succession planning is one of the, um, one of uh, let's say the challenges for family business. And I think because the entrepreneurial nature of family business that there's usually one or two founders or uh, family or two partners in the business that started out, they, they find it really difficult to let go, right? But what's shown is that the businesses that keep going and succeed have a solid plan for the family and the business. Um, leading on a little bit more from that, what makes leadership really important in business? There's lots of information you can find online and there's lots of seminars you can go to on leadership in general business, but I think it's a bit different in family businesses because you've got different relationships you've got a completely different type of stakeholder that needs to be looked after and within that broad stakeholder group as families grow you get sort of subgroups that need to be managed as well what makes a great leader in a family business so so i'll say this whether it's family business or small business you need the entrepreneurial spirit and family business tends to have that that's one of the things that's been found even in the kpmg survey um, but, the, you know, obviously you've got to have a clear vision. If you don't have a clear vision, whether you're family business or not family business, it won't work. But it's about being able to understand your strengths. Traditionally, early days, most uh, family business owners were more of a dictatorship kind of style, right? The patriarch sitting at the Absolutely. end, godfather style. That's how La Pochetta, I imagine, would have been. <laughs> I don't know about that, but... The, the, traditionally, it's been that kind of um, family business. 
what the family businesses that are successful is, aside from all that clear vision and understanding where you want to head with your business, is also about recognising those strengths, getting the right people on board. And a lot of family businesses have the family, but let's say the succession planning of the family is 10 years away. They recognise they may need to bring a non-family member CEO for as a succession in the interim to caretake. So really it's about recognising your strengths, getting the right people on board, which is the same in most businesses, but also understanding and not in spite of the family the business goes, but with the family and everyone in the family understanding whether they work in the business or not working in the business, a good family business leader helps the family understand their role and where they're heading. To catch the full episode where Sarah and I talk more about family constitutions and the role of franchising in family business, head to www.backbonepodcast.com.au. Backbone is brought to you by Judo Bank and Sequel CFO.